Hey, hey guys, what's going on? Tom Mork is here and welcome back to another broadcast of In the Trenches, the only podcast you'll ever need on quarantine. Quick shout out to podcast superfan Red Hype, who had this to say about In the Trenches. Quote, In the Trenches with Tom is a must listen for anyone in business today. His unique selection of guests across technology, business, and finance are inspiring, who impart real intel you can start putting to work right now. Thanks, Red Hype. Shoot me an email with your mailing address for a signed copy of The Art of Instigating, the only book you'll ever need on quarantine. Today, I sit down with Giovanna Miljanovic to talk about building an online business in year 2020 from scratch and in spite of the constantly shifting economic and social landscape that many of us find ourselves in right at this very moment. As someone who was born and raised in Serbia, who built a brick and mortar style business running in-person workshops from scratch, and who has since expanded beyond the borders of her country to reach people around the world through a virtual education training platform, I really can't think of anyone better to speak to today's almost universal challenges than Giovanna. Her story is really excellent, and I would say that it shares a lot of similarities with mine. And that's not the reason it's excellent, but maybe there's a, there's a pattern there too. But Giovanna's story is a lot like mine. She started with what she had, she built, she created, she launched, she tested, and she sometimes failed in that process. And she repeated that process over and over and over again. Some things worked, some things didn't. But fast forward, and now she has a thriving business that supports her. My big takeaway from all the great stuff that we talk about in today's conversation, there's a lot of good, I think, good tidbits. My number one takeaway is this. You must make it a priority to keep doing things that make you uncomfortable, period, full stop, in business and probably in life, but definitely in business. So you must get comfortable stepping into unknown territory and figuring things out, stepping into that fog of war and discerning what you need to do next. If you've already messed your craft, this is gonna hurt a little bit, but that's good news. Go find a new edge, the edge of your confidence and competence. Find something you're bad at that you don't like, but that could have a practical impact on your business. Seek out that place. Now turn it into an experiment. Commit to it for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 100 days. Giovanna mentions 100 days uh, and 100 events that she's done. I like that number 100. In my book, The Art of Instigating, I talk about 500, 500 fights. 500 is very big, and you don't have to commit to 500 of anything. 100 is a little more practical, we'll say. But let's say you only want to start with 14 days, two weeks. Can you commit to something for two weeks at a time? Do something you're uncomfortable with. Do it every day. I think the power in this is that it will show you that you're more capable than you even knew you were or that you believed you could be if you constantly seek out these new challenges. And the underlying value is that you will become a more confident person who's capable, realistically capable of more things because you've been in that state of discomfort because you seek out that new edge. This is something I've applied in my life, really just over the course of my life. And I, so it completely resonates with me. But it's also one of those things where I've realized recently how I've taken my foot off the gas in some areas where I've become a masterful, we'll say, and haven't sought out that new edge. So I'm taking this absolutely to heart and I'll be implementing this in my own business and life. So I'd love to hear from you too, what you guys are planning to do and how you take this idea and what you can do with it. Shoot me an email, tom at tommorcus.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. Give me some feedback on this, what you're focused on, or any of these podcast episodes or questions, thoughts, concerns, comments you have. Would love to hear from you. All right, with all that being said, let's not delay any longer and let's get to today's interview. So Giovanna, the place I want to start is with your backstory. How'd you get to what you're doing today? What led you to kind of working online? Now, more than ever, it's useful that people are working online that have kind of built platforms that are online that can reach people around the world. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your backstory to get us into that. 
so it's a funny story actually i fell in love with the guy that was into that and into technology and i didn't know anything and i felt very insecure and dumb so <laughs> i wanted to learn something so i can actually talk to him and so he would find me interested because i was very young back then <laughs> and that is how i actually started learning and first people i found online were frank kern evan pagan and it's been only guys in the beginning that I found online. And many years later, I found ladies such as Marie Forleo, Amy Portefil. And what drew me to this lifestyle, because with that guy, nothing happened. We weren't even dating. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just a trigger to make me want to learn more about that world. And actually, I fell in love with the business more than the guy. So <laughs> actually, what happened later is I wanted to start doing it, but I didn't know how because I was like 18 years old. I knew Serbian, English, and French, but I didn't know enough about technology. I didn't know even how to set up a MailChimp and connect it to my website. So what I decided to start doing is to do it very, the basic things I could do, which is like set up a Facebook page and do some content Mm. and try to pitch an offer after a few months. And so that is how I wrote my first ebook. And I actually started selling it just without any ad back then, because, you know, on Facebook, the reach was like much higher nowadays. And there were no ads back then. It was just like sharing and asking your friends. What year was that on or about? Oh, I think it was like 2011, 2010, something like that. Yeah, that gives some context. Okay, yeah, go on. Yeah. And it was very easy to find the audience and to just connect with people, no matter where you are from which for me was very fascinating because I always loved the United States and I always wanted to live there and move there. But I had a Serbian passport and that was not an option. So that was my foot in the door. And that is how I felt that I was a part of that crazy world that I wanted so badly to belong. And here, there were no many people that were doing that. I later met some, of course, as the business grew, as as I went on forums and connected with people and on MSN, if you remember that. And then after that, I saw, hmm, there is something here. It's not that easy. The barrier to entry is small. If you're creative, if you love copywriting, and if you genuinely want to help people and to exchange ideas, and even if you're broke, like I was back then, and you are willing to give them something in exchange for something else, that is how I got my first website up and running, my first logo and everything. I didn't know how to do design, but I knew how to write. So. I helped my friends coders to get some jobs in the US. I wrote motivation letters. I fixed their resume and their LinkedIn profiles. And they did my website and my logo. And from that, the business just grew and grew really from the heart. It was up until 2016 that I didn't even know what the Facebook ad was. And it was like that, just organically. Mm. And then, of course, when I saw that what it, what it is, then I started using it as well. Right. Well, then, so that, so then that, that's what I want to kind of get at too. So tell me a little about kind of that transition period or, or let me, not necessarily transition period, but as you've grown, how have things changed? Because at the beginning, it sounds like you were just like finding the need. Yeah. Yeah. It changed a lot. Yeah. I was just enjoying the process. I was very young. In 2011, I started my first blog and I just started writing about things that I genuinely found interested and how I started my business. And a lot of people from Serbia were very impressed, intrigued, and confused about how am I doing that. So I was just basically sharing my how-tos on my blog. 
almost every blog post was how did I manage to do this or how can you do that? And it was like traveling the world for free using 10 websites to go and travel around without paying any money. It was about uh, starting a business from Serbia in English, how to set up things, how to connect with people on LinkedIn because Instagram wasn't so big then. So I was just basically sharing my hacks along the way. And then in 2016, I started paying more attention to the data and uh, seeing what are the things that people click most. And in my Google Analytics, I saw that women were my readers, mostly women 30 to 50 who were from capital cities here around in ex-Yugoslav region, which is Belgrade, which is Zagreb in Croatia and Montenegro, etc. And they were mostly interested in starting their own business, but they didn't know anything about how to make a website, how to create an offer, how to do an opt-in, how to do a landing page. And I started writing about that for free. And once I wrote all of those blog posts, which is like 200 blog posts, and I saw there was a lot of traction and organic traffic, I decided to start to monetize that and to see if there is actually a need of people that is that are willing to pay, not just say that they are interested, but show by paying. And that is how my first workshop in person started. It was 12 women almost every month that I did like live workshops for three years. And after 1,500 women in eight countries, I realized, damn, this, this will be an amazing online course. It was basically that. It was very organically and very slow. Now, when somebody sees my journey, they think it came overnight, but it was really, really slow. And I kind of enjoy it because it gives me a lot of data and information about my customers. So my uh, decision was to do 1,000 in-person uh, one-on-one uh, events and then to basically know exactly what their pain points are and what they're struggling with most. So when I do an online course, I can really address all of it. And I know this is not how people do it in the US, which is absolutely logical. It's a huge country and it, it would be probably impossible to do what I did here. But this was my view. I wanted to do 1,000, to meet at least 1,000 women in person, shake their hand, know their name, know their business, and do it slowly and collect data. And then when I launch an online course, to do it without basically any paid ads to sell. And that is how it was. But I'm now only online since 2018. I'm only selling online products and services. Occasionally, I do public speaking gigs, and I do also large seminars for 300 women twice a year in Serbia. But except for that, I now enjoy online more, actually. And this thing now, which is happening with COVID, made me realize how important is it for us who are already veterans in this business to show others who are just starting out or who are pivoting from, for example, their teachers, like my mom in school, to show them and help them now during this journey to convert them to Zoom and to online tools because it's a really good opportunity to bring them online as well. I couldn't agree more on that final point. And it's uh, your journey sounds a lot like my own because uh, I did it very similar and I was experiential and kind of practical. Like mm-hmm. I would implement things. I'd, I'd read about something. I'd go try and experiment with it. I, I too got started writing ebooks and selling them uh, through my own website. <laughs> what was your first ebook? 
Yeah, my first was called The Art of Instigating. Oh, nice. And it's still it's still one that's been, you know, downloaded probably over 10,000 times. We ended up doing a print book on it and it's on Kindle. So Nice. So, no, yeah, you're yeah. much more successful than I was. Uh, mine well, was How to Become Kevin Crew. <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, mine was, uh, you know, it's funny. It's just like, I've done a lot since then. I mean, there are a lot that just kind of tanked, uh, like a lot of smaller things I've done. But then from that, I, I learned it developed a skill set and I started applying it more broadly. Mm-hmm. So like, it's very, it sounds like, and I love your ambition to say, well, let's do a thousand in-person events because I'm like, even if you don't get to a thousand, you're just that mindset and going through that is exactly the right mindset I think everybody needs. And, and yeah, granted, current circumstances aside, I know in-person stuff isn't necessarily attainable right now, but it's that attitude of, let's do this really uncomfortable thing or this thing that other people might find really uncomfortable, which is doing in-person events or trying to find that one-on-one client. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's actually the thing that people don't want to do that I enjoy most, maybe because my grandfather was a military pilot and we were all very disciplined and trained in that manner to not escape something we find difficult and to go through the fear. And that is what turns me on in business. I think that is why I'm successful despite all the failures, because when something really bad happens, I don't go around uh, to hide or to cry. I just say, listen, guys, to my community, I fucked up now. You know, this was not uh, how I planned it, but here is what I'm going to do. And I also uh, always see that there is a lot of data there. And I gain more data every time I fail than when I succeed. And that data just brings me to a next level for the next launch, because I just know everything more about my audience and community. Yeah. And there's also this uh, secondary consequence too. Maybe you can speak to this. I think there's there's a powerful, uh, I suppose, um, impact that doing the work like that can have too on your mindset and your ability to continue to deliver because you've kind of built up this track record and this experience. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of part of my... Yeah. So tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit about that, how how you experience that and kind of how that adds to what you do. I think the most important thing for any business is grit and tenacity and resilience and doing things because you want to do them, not to get the result, but to do them uh, to a point where you forget why are you even doing it? And then the result shows up and you're like, whoa, I forgot I was in it for this. Like in the gym, uh, I'm really into the bodybuilding. So... I go there without expectations. I don't see my muscles every day. I forget about it. I go for the pain and for the enjoyment and for the progress and the process. And then when the results appear, I'm like, whoa, I totally forgot about this thing. So I feel that if I could tell people one thing is to really find joy in the business that they decided, nobody put them into this, nobody forced them. You know, this is a choice. And if we make a decision and if we set our mind on the goal, then you should enjoy it. Like nobody made you do it. And I think that when you go with that kind of an attitude, you will never uh, do bad. And you will never, when you make mistakes, it's not end. It's not the end. It's basically just like, okay, more day. Let's see and let's continue. And let's get the result when we are actually enjoying the process. Because if we didn't, then screw that result. And that is what I'm doing. For example, with my podcast right now, I just started for the joy. I started 23 days ago. I'm doing it every day and I'm expecting nothing. Honestly, I'm just expecting for myself to become better at the skill. So after 100 days, I can make some conclusions based on the data and those conclusions being, do I even enjoy doing podcasts? What kind of podcasts? How long are those? 
Am I going to do guests? Am I going to do solos or both? So I feel everything is an experimentation. And it's same like in the kitchen. You know, like <laughs> if it's not salty enough, just add more salt. Don't go and cry. Right. Absolutely. I, maybe there's something to the military background too, a little bit. Because I'm, I'm very much the same way. And I take... I, I like the feedback of action and what action produces. Mm-hmm. The tougher part is sometimes like, yeah, sometimes stuff takes a long time too. So it's like knowing that, you know, it's it's the strange kind of like middle ground, I think, that a lot of people might not be used to if they're if they're more used to being an employee, if they're more used to taking uh, directions. Mm, I was mm. never employed. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally unemployable. I think nobody normal would employ me because <laughs> I just go and disrupt everything. <laughs> nobody wants that kind of a person. Right. In a company, I just don't see things similarly. And uh, I always look, how can I improve and how can I destroy what I've made and start again? I don't know why that turns me on, but like a year ago, I went onto my Instagram and I deleted everything. And I said to myself, let's see now if you're going to be interested if you're starting from zero. And I know these people laugh at me sometimes and they say, they call me crazy or something. And they say, why would you be so stupid to delete that? But for me, it's a challenge. It's like, let's see if people leave now, you know, because now there is nothing. And let's see if I become somebody new or do do it from the scratch. Am I going to be fun? Or am I just relying on my past success and Mm. trying to, I don't know what, you know, that, that is something I like because it's very easy for us to get comfortable. And I've been very comfortable right now. I've been in this business for 10 years. I have passive income and I can basically sit on a terrace and do nothing. And I tried that. And I was very, very isolated and depressed and lonely with the money. Yeah, so that right. doesn't do, do it for me. I love challenge and I love situations that are extreme. It brings out the best in me. And this is sometimes very hard for us who are turned on by those kind of things. Because in life, when you actually get something done well, and then you can chill out, but then we are not productive kind of people like me. Like we need some urgency and some stress, you know, to perform. I I, I've, I completely agree. Well, let's let's go down this 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 uh, path for a second because I like this idea too. So I I'm a big believer in that too. Um, like really taking on new challenges. I really encourage it in people who are listening too, especially maybe those who are maybe more nervous about this. But you brought up a couple points that I thought were really interesting. One is if you're established or if you've gone like if you've gotten to a place where you can kind of be comfortable. I kind of found myself with that with my blog and my podcast, kind of very similar. Like I've been doing the work mm-hmm. for so long, it just kind of like does all the work for me. I can kind of sit back and do nothing now, and it's but I don't because I get so bored and just like you said, like I it's it's I can be isolating, it can be depressing, and it's like oh mm-hmm. yeah, the fun is in the action, it's in the building, it's in the helping. So break me down, break it down for me on that. Yeah, and people want to skip that. Yes, but, but let's, let's <laughs> people want that. to skip that, and I'm like that's the best part. Like I don't know, like because. You know, in the beginning, now what you and me have is like compound effect of years, you know, work right. and failure and everything. But when you're just starting, the actually the growth is so exponential. It's like you just begin and the first month you're learning so much. And then you get to a point where you're like, you hit the wall. Uh, and then you're like, okay, now I have to actually start practicing what I've learned. But when you are in, into something for 10 years and you, you're so into it and in depth and it brings results, it starts be- being boring, no matter how much you love it. But I feel it's the same. I always do analogy with sport because if you only do bodybuilding without yoga, you don't walk, you're not going to be so flexible. You're not going to get the same results. If you need to run, you're, maybe you will be slow, you know? 
So I feel every time you become really good at something, you need to stop and go somewhere where you are a failure, where you Mm. feel embarrassed, where you feel you're not good enough, because that is how you grow the muscle of resilience, which will be necessary if you want to succeed in anything. Tomorrow, I don't have a child right now, but when I have a kid, it's going to be something stressful because I'm not used to it. So that's why I think you should be practicing while you can. Because life, no matter what you do and who you are and how much money you have, life is going to mess with you. And if it's going to be health, it's going to be a relationship, money, whatever. But that is why you need to practice when you're feeling good. Don't just chill down and be like, oh, everything is good. Find a way, find a way to do something that makes you very uncomfortable. And it's very fun when you actually look at it from a growth perspective and from a growth mindset. There is a great book by Carol Dweck. You probably read it. It's called Mindset. And it talks about this difference between the people who see uh, failure as an opportunity to grow and people who are very intimidated by it, which is the majority. And I don't know if this is something we learn in childhood or that we are born with or whatever, but I think it's something that can be, it's a skill that can be acquired and that we own to ourselves to work on it, really. How would you go about structuring something like this? I love, I love that you gave us some indicators and I want to um, summarize those a couple just to, to bring them back into focus for people who are listening because that's a lot of good stuff. One was like, go, if you're already good at something and you're to the point where you kind of just, you're, we'll, we'll just maybe, I'm going to uh, summarize in my own words, like you're constantly kind of winning and it becomes kind of really easy. Okay, you found, you, you, you go find a new edge, go find a new challenge. Um, that's go go to where you're uncomfortable or scared. I like that as like a a, a flashlight in the darkness, so to speak, or a a way for us to navigate. T- talk me through how you might organize it then, and say, a, you know, a good experiment, we'll say, versus a bad experiment. Like doing this in such a way that it empowers you or makes you better. Um, and 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 conversely, what we can, how we can organize this so that we don't fail at it or make it makes us worse. Because I think I, I want to I bring that up because I think. Some people might go down this track and I've seen it before where people will start down a track for like a week and then break off from what they're doing. So there's something about like, I think seeing it through to the end. And I know maybe we mm. can't control this. We can't recommend, maybe you just have to have willpower. You have to, have, you have to build that in yourself. But give me your kind of principles and guidelines and how you will say run an experiment like this. Like with what you mentioned with podcasting, it's like, why a hundred? I think you said a hundred episodes. I don't know if they, if they all have to be solo. Yeah, I always do 100. I think that gives me enough uh, data to see whether I'm into that. So for example, I always do it for 100. So it was for me, past month, I did um, a Hatha yoga teacher training uh, because I wanted to see, am I like more into that than into bodybuilding and wanted to get more in depth and more knowledge and to have another asset in my portfolio of things I can do. Because what I also love uh, is not only making money online, but also sometimes doing jobs that bring me out of my comfort zone, which is, for example why I worked for six months for two airlines and studied two different rule books for like six aircrafts and knowing it all by heart. Uh, that And then after that, finishing the school for coffee barista and then for Hatha yoga teacher, which is completely like crazy. And I don't know, like, but what turns me on there is the opportunity to see things from a different perspective and to learn from the people that otherwise I would never get in contact with because I'm a kind of introvert person. I love spending time uh, at home. I read a lot and I have very few friends. 
I'm very social online and all of that, but I'm actually very introverted in real life. I don't go out. I don't do things like that. I don't go to the restaurants. I don't do clubbing. I'm just not interested in that. So why, uh, why I do that and how I can't, I tell myself what is now making you scared. For example, is it losing money? Is it losing health? Is it being alone? And when I thought of that uh, previously in my few years ago, it was traveling alone. So I've decided to travel alone and I did it for three years as a woman. So I went to Middle East uh, and everywhere, like all around the world. And it was very scary, but nothing happened that I couldn't actually handle. I was even once uh, in LA, New Year's Eve, I was robbed and I was alone. And there was no one I knew there because I was supposed to stay with some friend, which actually just blew me off. And I ended up on the street for New Year's Eve in LA. And you know how it is there if you've ever been. So what I did is basically posted on Facebook on my page, (laughs) which I've created. It was in 2011 uh, for 2012, that New Year's Eve. And I said, hey, guys, I'm on the street. Can somebody help me out and send some help? I don't know anyone here. I was uh, studying back in the Montclair State University for that year, but I didn't know anyone in the West Coast. And a lot of people actually send me uh, some contacts and friends. So why am I saying this? Because we are all as human connected and supported. And whatever we are afraid of, somebody else is too. And when you are in trouble, somebody else will think, Uh, Oh my God, imagine how, if that was me, let me help you. So whatever is your fear, you just have to go in that direction. If you are avoiding it, you will be uh, basically struggling and you struggle anyway, you know, you struggle anyhow. That is what I tell to my friends and my uh, ladies that come to my workshops and buy my courses and eBooks and do consulting with me. They're uh, very scared of other people's judgment and opinion. And that is why they don't want to go online. And don't want to step up. They say, listen, people judge you all the time. Even if you're a public person or you're not, they're going to have opinions. But you are the one that is going to be miserable either way. Because now you're miserable because you're not doing what you want to do. And if you're going to do what you want to do, you're going to be very judged. And then you're going to be upset over that. But at least you're going to be miserable with money. So what you're trying to avoid is actually what catches you yeah comes back to bite you in the ass if you don't want to go through it i agree it's the unknown unknown so to speak and one of my favorite quotes of all time was like machiavelli's and it goes something like uh develop the strength to do bold things not the strength to suffer or all courses of action are risky Mm. so prudence is not in avoiding danger but in calculating risk and acting decisively yeah and even if we make mistake the the sole fact that we made a decision makes us better than 99 percent who are still in the state of overwhelm, overthinking, overanalyzing. I love making fast decisions. It's what gets me going. And if I make a mistake, which is obviously a lot because I make fast decisions, I saved shit ton of time. And other people are just thinking for years of starting a blog. And I'm already 10 years failing and now I have it. So I think that we are now just too scared as humans for many reasons. And we need to start tackling those things. Because majority of things are really only in our heads. And that is where it will stay forever. We die with those fears. Mm. How, how important then is it if you're, if you're going into something like this, that you say, join, maybe join a program, join a group or have a circle around you? Yeah, support system is crucial. I mean, I always uh, paid for psychologists because I never relied on friends who are not, you know, they're just not equipped to handle <laughs> that kind of thing. 
but if, even if you can't afford uh, some uh, coach or a psychologist, you can find help in books and on YouTube and find mentors and listen to podcasts like yours. There is always a way if you really want to do it. And also, I have always in my phone numbers of five people I can call no matter what. One of them is my grandma that is 90 years old. And obviously, I'm not going to call her if I'm on the street in LA, but I'm just going to call her to tell her I love her and she's going to say something nice and I'm going to feel better instantly. So I'm not saying those five people need to be, you know, coaches and top level execs. No, they should be just people that have your back and that you listen to their voice and it just brings out the best in you and your courage is back up. So I think, yeah, community is everything. And if you don't have it around you, don't get stressed. When anyone, when they start a business, they don't have a lot of entrepreneurs around them. If if you had them, you would probably already be in it, in in the entrepreneurship. So it's normal. You should just join any community that resonates with you at the moment and find support because you won't be able to do it by yourself. And, And I like that. And I think you can definitely, yeah, curate the people around you in that regard too, or, or, or organize or kind of surround yourself with people that will support you because I do think support in some way, shape or form is useful. Mm. How, uh, what are your thoughts in, in terms of doing this? Cause I do like it and I can see it applying it a few different ways. Um, you know, kind of, I could just see applying it to something like in the health, you know, my own fit, fitness or health, but from a pragmatic or business standpoint, like I'm wondering to myself, I'm thinking, Oh, I want to do this. You know, I'm thinking to myself, I want to do a challenge because you know, it's been a while. Maybe this is the conversation I needed to kind of spark it. And a lot of times I'll have podcast interviews and I'll go and I'll implement something. So I'm thinking to myself, well, I want to do maybe a 30 or 40 day challenge or something like that for myself, maybe. In, in the online space. Yeah. 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 Well, you know what turns me on is to do something you really hate because there is something there. Whenever I hate something, some idea, or maybe some person gets me upset. I don't hate person, but get, they get me very upset. Sometimes I tell to myself, listen, there is something there that is a mirror of what you're thinking or trying to avoid telling yourself, you know, some truth is hidden there. So you're either going to see what's up or you're going to hide and lose the information and data that can be very valuable asset in my life. So the thing is, I always choose something I'm uncomfortable with. And for me, that was Instagram. I really, really don't like Instagram. So I started 60 days ago on Instagram, the 100 day challenge. And I'm present daily. And what I don't like about that network is what I talked to my friend Derek, and that is the shallowness of it and the concept of just uh, visual porn, basically. And I'm, I'm not talking real porn, but I'm saying like uh, we just are overstimulated, and there is no, um, there is no really, there is no meat. There is just like a lot of content, but there is no. I don't. There is so much value Substance. like in podcasts. Yeah, substance is the word. Yeah. So there is no substance. There is just a lot of content. And what I've noticed in these 60 and two, I think 62 days that I'm on Instagram daily, I'm doing daily lives, I'm doing posts, I'm doing stories, I'm doing everything basically because I, w- I really want to challenge myself. And I see the difference in questions I receive there than the questions I do on my uh, weekly newsletter, on my Zoom coaching, on other, other, other types of content, like people that listen to my podcast, it's a really different kind of audience, which is very valuable data because I see what I can sell to them that is not something they would buy from me if they were, first of all, the majority of them wouldn't even listen to my podcast. 
So I've actually used this time during this quarantine because we can't go outside for four days a week. We are completely in a lockdown in Belgrade. And what I've been doing is uh, in these 60 days is researching Instagram. And I, I already started launching little ebooks that are basically, as I call them, for dummies. So I pick a subject and I do a for dummies edition. And I put the price $15. And it goes like hotcakes on Instagram, which is something I would absolutely not offer to my audience on a podcast. And this is very challenging for me because I like to talk about like more important things in life and like struggles and real raw vulnerable things, which I share on my podcast. And on Instagram, everything is like pink, fluffy unicorn, cotton candy, pretty pictures. And I get this really uh, feeling in my stomach like, oh no, not this again. But then I saw, okay, yeah, but there is a business opportunity there. And those people are obviously not going to buy my premium coaching, consulting and things like that. But doesn't matter if what I'm giving them in those $15 eBooks, which are like on the one topic for dummies, maybe if they resonate with it in a year or two or five, they will come back and be actually a customer for my other things. So there is something in every network. I still haven't tackled LinkedIn. I don't know if you're passionate about if you tried LinkedIn and what are your favorites from the networks. No, you know, it's funny is like, I mean, talk about like getting into my comfort zone. I just figured out something that worked really, really well. And I've stuck with it for like the last three or four years. And it's kind of a hybrid between content marketing, influencer and affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. And so I've never really, I mean, I've done paid marketing, um, but I've never become a master at it. And I definitely don't like it. Um, But as far as platforms, social platforms, I'm kind of the same way. I think Instagram feels really phony and fake to me. Although I do mm-hmm. believe there's good stuff underneath the surface. You just have to learn how to filter through all the garbage. But mm-hmm. like, so I do, I'm like, okay, that's an interesting one to me because I do know a lot of people are on it. YouTube is something I've kind of been eyeing, but I haven't been able to give it, you know, 100% focus because, well, I just have a lot of things going on. I find that's also another difficulty. So it's like, how do you bite off just enough so that you can do it without it becoming, say, you know, a, 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 a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, full-time job, or or even just like, oh, it's. I've, but if two more than more than I can chew, and now I'm, I'm, I'm back even further behind than when I started. Which, I don't know, that might not ever be the case. Let's just say you do bite off more than you can chew. How do we avoid that? How do we make sure it's focused and you can do it? Um, I always buy some course from someone I trust, yep. and I do everything they say, and I just put my That's brain. Awesome. I tell my brain, shut up. I don't care what you think. You are not an expert in Instagram. Do whatever this lady says. So <laughs> I bought the Jasmine Star uh, social reader, the thing where she tells you basically what Instagram loves and things you should be posting. And then uh, now that you mentioned YouTube, uh, my, that's my next challenge after the Instagram and podcasts are over. Uh, and that's going to be YouTube videos. So I bought Sunny Lenarduzzi's course. Uh, that was 500, yeah. I think. And uh, which is YouTube for dummies. Again, something that... Uh, is for me right now because I'm really not uh, passionate about YouTube either. Um, I just consume podcasts and books. I don't watch uh, films. I don't watch TV shows. I'm very, very focused with the type of content I consume. But then again, I understand my market and my audience and people need to hear my message there on Instagram. Maybe they like it. So I can't tell them no. And also YouTube, for example, what I don't like about YouTube is the same thing I don't like about Instagram, which is not about so much the substance as the show. And I'm not a show woman. I like business and I like real and raw stuff. And I feel on YouTube is just like Instagram in a sense that it needs to be catchy, spammy, and fake news, basically. 
to make people click. And I hate clickbait. So exactly. So, so you identify something like that and I feel the same way. So I'm in that same boat. So what the way you approach it then is say, well, there's some, there's, I don't like this space or this platform or whatever. Um, I'm going to use that as an indicator because I also want to, don't want to turn it off and say, well, I'm just not going to deal with that platform because there could be customers and clients down the road for you. Plus all of this manner of good things that can come from say, opening up a new channel like that. So you're going to go into it. So you're going to follow a trusted path or blueprint Source. Mm. from somebody else who's going to tell you how to use the platform. Now, when you identify something like that, we're like, well, it just seems like everything's so clickbaity and so this, this or that. Does following a program, following somebody's blueprint help you, uh, um, uh, say, avoid the... Or help you get through when you otherwise might like self-censor yourself to the point where you're like, I don't want to be that. You know what I mean? Like, If, yeah. if you don't want to become that thing that you see and you think the platform is, does the program or following somebody else help you get through that? Uh, yeah, and it helps me do it my way because yeah. I always have to do things my way. I'm very stubborn. And yeah, of course, I need to follow the rules because obviously if I do everything my way, it's not going to be visible. There are some rules that uh, are due to YouTube algorithm, same as Instagram. But I always do it my way because I uh, really believe that what we are both scared of when it comes to Instagram, YouTube, and those kind of shallow networks is something that couldn't happen to us because we are not just the people who actually are going to do shallow stuff. So I think, yeah, I understand where this fear is coming from when it comes to me. Mm. But then again, I'm just, I can only be myself. Mm. And if I'm not the person that is going to do clickbait and never did, it's not like YouTube going to make me do it because I'm just going to do it my way, see for 100 days again, see the data. Uh, As I said, on Instagram, the content that sells best is a cheap, here in Serbia, the average yeah. salary is 350 euros a month. My mom is mm-hmm. a professor. She gets 350. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's why the cheap stuff like ebooks for 15 bucks, they go like hotcakes. Then I'm interested in YouTube. I'm going to do it in English. You know, I'm not going to do it in Serbian like Instagram. But another trouble with that, if you are from my country, is that there is no monetization and things like that. So we, we are very, uh, that's the bad part, but it's fine because I don't believe that I need money from YouTube. If I can sell my stuff there, I just need audience. I just need eyeballs. Yeah, exactly. And, no, it's, it, and, and so with this, are you putting together new products and selling them? Or are you selling existing products? No, I'm actually just creating content that I feel is relevant uh, and that resonates with me. And after 100, I see what they like. The, by they, I mean the audience on that particular network. And then I just package it for them and I ask money in advance. I They buy mm. and then I prepare and I sell. But the topics that I cover are topics that I already been working on for 10 years, but maybe not. Uh, I haven't maybe identified them as a problem because they're not a problem to me. I'll give you an example. So when it comes to Instagram in this my little Serbian experiment for the 100 days, uh, I've noticed that the question that was most asked wasn't related to business or marketing and sales, which is my passion. It was actually all about how to get confidence to go online. So if that's what they want to know, that's what I'll give them. So there is no ego involved in a sense where I'm just pushing what I want to say. No, I'm like, here are some, here are some baits and you see guys, whatever you clicks with you, let me know. And then they say, oh, this is what we really need help with. And then I just address the need. I don't try to make the need when there is no one. So identifying the need, you do it through the content you're producing and the feedback that's given. And then do you also... Yeah, I follow what they saved and what they clicked um, uh, most comments on. 
And if if we're talking about Instagram, obviously on the blog, I just follow, you know, how many people uh, were there and how long did they stay on which blog post. But on Instagram, saves are more important than comments uh, because it means it was so, it deeply resonated with them. So they saved it into their Insta gallery. And that is what I follow. And also I do surveys, I do Q&A, I do polls, I do open-ended questions. I do, okay, lives and uh, I do type forms on my newsletter, which are beautiful. I don't know if you've tried a type form service. I love them. Okay, so you're you're rocking on all cylinders. <laughs> so this is this is fascinating. So I'm gonna, I, I definitely would encourage people to follow you. I mean, it's a bummer that I think, so, I know some of your content is in Serbian and, and there's gonna be a lot of, uh, you know, probably most of our audience is English speaking, but still check out, yeah, they have my they have my podcast on YouTube and there will be more, I promise, because I have plans for global domination. So you will definitely hear more in English. Perfect. Well, I think this is a great place to wrap up. Where can people go to find you, connect with you, learn more about you? You mentioned a few different spots. I think people will be interested to hear about those. Yeah, uh, YouTube, uh, Jovana, J-O-V-A-N-A, Miljanovic, M-I-L-J-A-N-O-V-I-C. And then that is the same, my website, jovanamiljanovic.us because .com is right now Serbian. So the one in English is .us. I love it. Well, Giovanna, thank you so much for being on In the Trenches. This was a real pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity because I'm really looking forward to moving in the States and seeing all of you guys that I talk to in person. Yeah, awesome. I love it. Well, come on over and and come visit uh, Colorado when you're here too. I will, I promise. And that wraps up another broadcast of In the Trenches. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a rating review. Just go to tomworkus.com slash iTunes, and that'll take you to iTunes where you can leave a five-star rating review. And that really helps spread the word about this podcast. And finally, if you need help growing your online business or generating new traffic leads and sales at a profit, reach out to me at tom at tomworkus.com or head over to the website tomworkus.com and sign up for the free newsletter. That's it for today. Stay frosty.